0: The following is an exclusive presentation of 680 WPTF and Applied Vision Works. This is the Building a Leadership Culture podcast, hosted by Bruce Gresham, the Principal Strategic Advisor of Applied Vision Works. An in-depth look at how Bruce and President Don Hadley help businesses reach their long-term goals. Here's your host, Bruce Gresham.
1: Welcome to Building a Leadership Culture Podcast brought to you by Applied Vision Works. I'm your host, Bruce Gresham, and I am so grateful to be a part of the Applied Vision Works team. We've got a lot of great things going on with our client in the industry, and it's just really an exciting time to have joined the the team and been working with our clients. Today... We have Deborah Korn of Print Media Center on the podcast. It's kind of part two of how to create a powerful content marketing program. And we dug really deep into kind of the third step, if you will. We're working backwards three, two, one. Step number three, if you will, was really around get your house in order, clean up your website make it very clear for, to the audience that you want to connect with. And so we're going to talk about step number two and step number one, Step number two being strategy, number one to be define your intention. And so before we jump in, Deborah, remind folks a little bit about yourself and the Print Media Center.
0: Thanks so much. I like to say that Print Media Center provides print inspiration and resources to print and marketing professionals. Print Media Center also helps businesses create content marketing strategies and improve their sales, marketing, and relationships with End users, print customers. So I'm really excited to be involved with this conversation. And I really do appreciate that you asked me to join your podcast.
1: Well, Deborah, I have to say whether anyone listening is in the print industry or adjacent industry or has nothing to do with print at all, they should take time to go to your LinkedIn, Deborah Corn, just like the vegetable. Or go to your website and check out everything that you have going on. And that will demonstrate A plus plus what we're talking about in creating a uh, powerful content marketing campaign. Thank you. Let's, very kind. So let's jump into step number two as we're counting down. And it's really around the strategy. Yeah. What are what are the key steps to, to that portion of of building a powerful program?
0: Well, I mean, I know it's your podcast, but I think I have to, we have to start at step one here. Uh, even though getting your house in order was, is the most important step, I don't think you really can define a strategy, which would be the second step, until you first uh, define your intention, which was my first step. So if you don't I mind, it. I think we, Let's need do to, it. we need to start there. So, you know, your intention. Think of it as the bait that you put on your fishing hook. What is it that you want to attract to your empire, to your audience? What is the audience that you want to create? And it's interesting because you can have different audiences for different products and services and things that you want to discuss with people. And for example, if you are sell software and you sell something else, then that audience might necessarily doesn't want to mix in content. So you can have a strategy that talks to certain people, certain times and other people, other times. And they also have to, in part of the strategy, it's understanding how open the audience is to receiving your information as well. And you can certainly see that by newsletter data and website data and things of that manner that help you redefine your intention if it's not working out for you. So in other words, if your intention is, I want to make content because I want to tell everybody how great our company is. Okay, well, that might be a great strategy for you. Put yourself in that audience person's shoes how much of your time do you want to spend hearing about how great somebody else is versus I'm using my work time now to find a partner who can help my business. So in that I want the intention to be, okay, I can connect with this person company thing because I understand the intention is to educate me on how this is a valuable partnership for me, how they understand my business, how they understand my challenges during Corona, how they understand that there's new things in the marketplace and they can help me by educating me on those things. That becomes a completely different intention. And from those intentions, is where strategy is born would you agree
1: Absolutely yeah you're you're absolutely right that until you know the audience and what you want to share with them it's pretty tough to build a strategy
0: And you can ask them too. You know, if you have a core group of people that you have been engaging with in a a long time, you can ask them what works for them. It could be, as we discussed in the last podcast, it could be that they prefer audio content because they want to be able to listen to it in the car, in the supermarket, in in the gym, whatever they're doing. They don't want to be bound to sitting at a desk and watching a video. I know it sounds like a crazy thing. And especially when YouTube is the World's second largest search engine. And it's a very powerful tool, but podcasts are creeping up there because they're portable. So even understanding things like that about your audience, it becomes can turn in into a strategy. But again, even in wondering about that, the intention is serving the audience, not serving yourself. And that's where I think the the biggest misunderstanding about what do I use content for lies right there.
1: You're so right around serving the audience. We have a client that does something really unique and it's kind of ingrained in all of their customer service folks, their tech support folks, and even their sales folks is asking their client, their audience, how do you like to learn? Do you like to read? Do you like to watch a video? Do you like to listen to a podcast? Do you like to surf the web? That kind of thing. And so instead of just automatically mailing them a flyer or sending them a flyer or sending them a video, They've got all of this rich content, like you talked about, that's across different platforms, different media are able to send things to people and kind of meet them where they where they are.
0: Yeah. And everybody's at a different stage of understanding. You might need a content strategy that's people who have no idea what the subject is, moving into a 101, a 102, a series of explanations, leading people down a path that you want to lead them down, which is hopefully ending at how you can help Their business grow and and generate results. Another place that is really interesting to find ideas for content is contacting your salespeople and asking them each for the three questions that they're asked most often, and then developing content to answer those questions. So think about content as a way of pushing people further down the sales funnel through education. If every salesperson says the same question they answer is, what exactly does your company do? There's a big problem there, probably starting, haven't gotten your house in order. So I've gone there and I don't understand what, what you do. So that now the intention has to be, we have to educate our audience. Of course, it benefits you in the long run, but then a whole content strategy can be developed until those questions change. And then you can move on to the next tier. Also, It enables your salespeople or your forward-facing people to not only answer those questions, but also in an email or a way to engage, say, as a matter of fact, we've just written about this on our site. We've just done a podcast on it. We've just had a webinar on it. Let me give you this information." Also, a smart salesperson might take note of some of that stuff and create an invite list so that when they see these type of conversations happening out in the printiverse, as I call it, whether or not it is related to what they personally do, you become a trusted resource and partner because you're giving me information about something I was interested in that you're not currently delivering, but I can learn about a new technology from another company. It's not going to interfere with what I might do with you, but it it goes back to the intention. You then become a trusted resource, which we mentioned in strategies about creating trust. This is a way to create trust too. Oh, look, they're contacting me and giving me information about something that has nothing to do with them at all and only everything to do with me. But we all know and the subtext of it is that it helps them be better consumers. You
1: mentioned all this content, but what do you think of the old adage of if you create a piece of content, you need to use it in at least three different ways. H- how do you think about using a piece of content in a multi-purpose fashion?
0: It depends upon what the piece of content is. Podcast, again, very valuable piece of content. Uh, Because you can write a myriad of blogs about the podcast, just taking different sections and saying, in this podcast, in from 15-something to 17-something, this point was raised. Here's a couple of paragraphs about it. If you're interested, listen to the rest of the podcast. Again, it's not an extortion thing, right? It's about, here's some information. And if you want to listen to the rest of it, it, it's right here. I have never just taken a blog and rewritten it. Oh, I've sure. I've updated a blog that was older. If something came around again, I might go back and re-examine a blog I wrote about QR codes five years ago when I hated them. I still don't love them. Uh, just the the clunkiness of them, but now they're serving a purpose that's for the greater good of of humans. <laughs> so in you restaurants, know, right? Exactly. Well, and everywhere, nobody wants to touch anything. So. That would be worth re-examining as, as a repurpose of a content, but certainly it's you're repurposing content when you take a blog and you write a tweet about it. I've repurposed the content into a tweet to create a new piece of content, technically. A social media share is content.
1: Exactly right. And so we've talked in the first podcast about getting your house in order. We've done a deep dive into defining your intention. What are the the keys to really honing in on, on a powerful strategy?
0: I would have to say, as I did, establishing trust is the most important thing. I cannot think that clicking, that I cannot be made to think it's about me and then find out that it's about you. I'll, I think that's the best way of establishing trust with people that what you say is what I'm going to get. I tend to find that when I title content five ways for marketing success in 2021, for example, I'm telling everybody exactly what they're going to get. If they click on that post, they're going to get five ways for them to do something. Now, if I said 25 ways, that's a big ask that's a five, 25 ways. <laughs> I, I'm thinking, hmm, do I have 45 minutes to read, you know, 25 ways to do something or how am I supposed to get through 25 ways? So be, again, becomes part of the, the content strategy. What is the intention? And by the way, that's a great thing to break into a series. If you do have 25 ways, you give them five. And then at the bottom of the blog, you say, I actually have 20 more, but you know, tune in next month and you'll get the next five. So it is a way to uh, keep people engaged. And that also goes down to, to the cadence. I send my newsletter on Tuesdays at a certain time, and I've done it every month since 2011. So people can expect on that Tuesday, they know it's coming out at 1130, it's going to be in their inbox. I don't really annoy people more than that. But if you look at other people who do content marketing, they have a, a cadence as well. They know every Thursday at 10 o'clock, you're going to get Trish Wachowski's Fold of the Week. Uh, you could almost set your watch to that. You could set your watch to the, the daily email from printing impressions. Usually comes around four o'clock in the afternoon. So the cadence is important. Sometimes when I don't see these things, I start wondering what's going on. Like, what, what why why are they too busy to get this to me? I'm, I'm waiting for it in my inbox. You don't also. Also don't want to be too spammy with content. I mean, there are people who just share way too much about themselves. My God, you know, they just never, never, never stop. And it it unfortunately works for some people, you know, they're willing put out 900 blog posts just to get three results, you know, and I, I those might be valuable results for them, but it's clogging up everyone else's feed. And most likely you're going to, you know, have to be concerned about how many times you show up in someone's face, you know, someone's email box. Somebody's people being inundated, especially being home and, and being online as much as we are. So a cadence, a respectful cadence that keeps you top of mind, but keeps you out of the annoying spam column is definitely part of the strategy. And the last thing is, is really what we've been talking about the whole time. It's about giving to the audience, giving back to the industry that you're in, giving back to the community that you're trying to foster and cultivate before you start asking them for things. There are, I mean, my God, I'm sure this has happened to a million times. Somebody will connect with me on LinkedIn. Two seconds later, I've got an email uh, from them in my... And it's like literally trying to sell me like a computer server. I mean, not only do I not need a computer server, but what makes you think I would buy one from you after we just like connect? Boop there's my email, you know, and here's my canned email about has nothing to do with me trying to sell me a server. I don't know if that works for them. It doesn't work for me. And a lot of times I just disconnect from them right there because why it's all about them. It's not about me. It doesn't take very much to find out that I don't need a computer server. I occupy many pages of Google, just, uh, you know, my business and my, myself as a person. So, Nothing about that says I need a computer server. Uh, just a funny story, a few weeks ago, somebody went in my LinkedIn email and was trying to sell me a tractor, and I could not for the life of me figure out why they were trying to sell me a tractor. And I was just, I was so confused by it. And then someone said, your last name is Corn." They just did some random search, and and that must be it, because I, I honestly, that was the weirdest one so far. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all about knowing your audience, yes. having a personal message once you know your audience, and then the point you made before around consistency. My favorite podcast, like you said, I can set my watch to, And when they're late, I'm like, what, what's what's happening? I hope he's okay. Hoping nothing's happened, you know, that kind of thing. So this has been really great and a whole lot of fun as always, Deborah. What are maybe some final thoughts that you have around creating a powerful content marketing campaign?
0: Know thy audience. Number one rule. It's not just about what... It's not just about setting the intention, creating a strategy, and getting your house in order. It's understanding who it is that you want to talk to, what their needs are, and potentially what their customers' needs are, so you can help them by giving them content that they can then share with their customers, making it a really valuable food chain. So it is okay to throw things out there and see what works and what doesn't work. Content marketing has a long tail. Make small Adjustments. Don't just decide this topic is not working for me. Give it time to marinate right. and make sure that your calls to action are respectful of audience time. So, again, if I'm reading a blog and it's supposed to be about me, and at the end, but wait, we can help you, then I might feel a little jaded about that as opposed to thinking of your content as a way for me to. Learn something or pass something valuable along to to the community, or pass something valuable along to my customers, which makes me valuable in their eyes. Which makes you valuable because you help me do that. So it's all tied together. But be authentic is is the last thing I'm going to say because um, especially the millennials and the Gen Zs, they can see through it faster than a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Don't try them because they will put you on blast on social media too if they they just think that you're being nefarious with things that you are actually doing out in the world. So be honest, be authentic and know thy audience.
1: Awesome, Deborah. How can people learn more about you in the Print Media Center?
0: Thanks so much, Bruce. Uh you can find me on LinkedIn, Deborah Corn, but don't try to sell me a tractor, please. Right. But- we're not. We're not plowing here in in the apartment building, and my website is Print Media Center. I have a bunch of initiatives that I do all year round, and I also have a podcast channel which Bruce was a guest on called Podcast from the Printerverse. So check out his episode. And thanks so much for having me, a guest.
1: Yeah, it's not fair, Deborah. You were a better host than I was, and now you're a better guest than I was. It's totally, totally not fair.
0: You're hosting games on point. I have to say.
1: Oh Well, you are you are so kind. As always, thank you, Chris Hooks and the team at WPTF for making this podcast happen across the World Wide Web. Deborah, thank you so much for joining. And folks, thank you for listening to Building a Leadership Culture podcast. Take care.
0: You've been listening to the Building a Leadership Culture podcast with Applied Vision Works Principal Strategic Advisor, Bruce Gresham. Questions? Concerns? Please email Craig Chase at cchase at appliedvisionworks.com or call 800-786-4332. This has been an exclusive presentation of 680 WPTF and Applied Vision Works.